He must have done a great deal of hanging around in 25 years with the Stones. Hmm. Worked five years and 20 years hanging around. <laughs> Hello and welcome, friends. This one hit me. This one hit me hard. My ex-wife texted me at work that Charlie died. And I was just, oh my God. This one... This one's going to resonate for a while. I think the last time I felt like this was when Bowie died. I mean, Tom Petty was a shock, but Tom Petty wasn't integral to my life. Bowie, of course, was. And Charlie, oh my God, the Stones, Jesus Christ. They've been everywhere. They've been an underpinning. I've listened to them. There were... Years and years and years where I listen to them more than I listen to Zepp. And even now, I don't listen to studio albums, and I haven't for a long time. I mean, look, I don't play Zepp on Spotify. Um, I listen to the live stuff because, as uh, my friend the Gnostic Insect on Twitter, who seems to have disappeared, unfortunately, seems to have disappeared, um, said... Well, he and I were talking one day because he loves the Stones the way that I love Led Zeppelin. And we were talking and he was like, hey, could you listen to, you know, maybe play some Stones concerts? And I got a couple and I listened. And I'm like, nothing is nothing is reaching out to me. Like, I love. um, What the fuck is it? I think it's called a Brussels affair from the 73. It was a super famous like Westwood One King Biscuit radio show from 73 and it is insanely good and get your yayas out of course for midnight rambler basically stray cat blues and love in vain but the stones to me are more a studio band you go and see them live and it's it, you'll have fun at a stones show i saw the stones thank god in 1989 on the steel wheels tour which already felt too late it already felt after the fact. It felt like seeing Genesis during the, uh, you know, uh, Home by the Sea era when they were already huge and wearing Hawaiian shirts and already like this, there's, 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 they're a step away from, from the heart root. But I still saw them, and I'm glad I did. Um. Shit. I know he was in the hospital. He's 80 years old. That's the thing. That's what happens. 80 years old. And people are like, 80's not that old anymore. No, no, it isn't that old anymore. But it's still old. My father's 80. He's old. He's not ridiculously. I mean, when I was a kid, because I'm old, I'm 53. When I was a kid, 80 was old. If your grandma was 80, she was old. She was a little old lady. If your grandfather was 80, good fucking luck. He was probably basically immobile. And now 80 is kind of the new 70. And 70s, that's the way it should be, you know? But, anyways, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Charlie Watts is dead. Which means the Rolling Stones are dead. Even if they keep going, I mean, they'll finish their... their 
concert obligations with Steve Jordan. And maybe they'll keep cranking along. But, I mean, when Bill Wyman left the band, that was it for me as far as the Stones as being a living, breathing, productive entity. Although I did like Bridges to Babylon, some of it, oddly enough. Um, but with Charlie gone, I, I can't, I can't, I can't see them going forward. Which makes me profoundly sad, because even if they go forward, it's not going to be that. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to ring true. Even if it's Mick and Keith. Ah, I don't know. Charlie Watts. Four and a half minutes of fucking rambling, talking about everything but David, talking about David Bowie. Um, I'm very, very saddened. Very, very saddened. I really liked him, what I knew of him, which is what everybody knew of him. Everybody knows the story about how he, Mick Jagger called him up on the hotel telephone at like five in the morning or something after being all, out all night with Keith. I said, where's my drummer? And Charlie, of course, gets up, showers, shaves, puts on a suit. And he had wonderful bespoke suits. Wonderfully dressed. Wonderful sartorial taste. Um, And went up to the the mix room, knocked on the door, and knocked him flat. (laughs) And said something along the lines of, don't you ever fucking call me your drummer, or you're not my, I'm not your drummer, you're my singer. Some kind of bullshit, and left. Classy dude. I like that. I like that. I also like the fact that he, none of it charmed him. None of it charmed him. He developed, he developed a drug habit for a few years. He got into the nasty stuff in the 80s rather than the 70s. He got into it as a middle-aged guy, probably a midlife crisis, or just fucking after decades, just opened the door and let the demon in for a little while. And he got better and he got fine. And, you know, he was married. he's been married to the same woman since 1964, I think. He wasn't one to cheat. He didn't sex, drugs, and rock and roll. He loved his family. He loved his wife. He was Charlie, and then he went when he went out into that into that den of iniquity that was nineteen seventies rock stardom, where you could live like Caligula and indulge all your darkest vices. He didn't. <laughs> he went home. And uh, you know, he just went back to his hotel room. I mean I'm sure he did a little bit of things there or there, but I mean He's more, in that way, he's more John Paul Jones than John Paul Jones. He just uh, did his job, and his job was driving the Rolling Stones. And, you know, when I think of his drumming on Gimme Shelter, unbelievable. Unbelievable drumming on Gimme Shelter. All down the line. Holy shit. Beast of Burden. I implore you, I implore you, put on the headphones and listen to Charlie play Beast of Burden. Unbelievable stride he had, unbelievable feel. He, I, used, I always tell my friends that I think Keith Richards plays guitar like Otis Redding sings. 
Charlie, <laughs> soul. Charlie's got like James Brown soul, not the funk, the earlier, almost the famous flame stuff. Just that 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 groove and that tightness. Charlie played drums the way Charlie played drums. He had a little hit, a simple drum kit. No double bass, no triple bass, no gongs, nothing crazy. A little tiny drum kit, four-piece, maybe a five-piece, I don't even know. And he was in the biggest band in the world. And there's a reason why the Stones were called the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Most of it's marketing. But there was a time, a little flicker, when they could have, they could have held that title. And, you know, 70, 69, 72, amazing. Again, not necessarily a live band in the way that Zeppelin became something else live, in the way that the Grateful Dead are something else live. Uh, the Stones aren't like that. You go see the Stones anytime in the last 30 years, 35 years, and you will see a professional professional, well-regimented, well-rehearsed organization. Um, but from 69, you know, the golden period of the Stones, basically Mick Taylor, um, they were something else. And Charlie's part of that, and Charlie's the reason for that. And Charlie's the reason that, yeah, Beast of Burden is so good, that Miss You is so good, that Start Me Up is so good. Hang Fire is all Charlie and his fucking snare. <sighs> Waiting on a friend. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through the whole discography. <laughs> Even under cover of the night, when the stones were like, Look, we can sound cool too. It's nineteen eighties. Um One Hit to the Body. Too rude. Shit. Charlie Watts, why'd you have to die? And I mean, he's an old man. And playing drums at 80, Godspeed to him. But fuck, Charlie, why'd you have to go? So what I've done, after talking way too long, is I've grabbed a couple... I've I've had stone shows on my hard drive for years. Kind of as a stopgap. But because, as I've kind of said... The live stone stuff doesn't really grab me as much as the studio stuff. I haven't really gotten to that. I did do a Rolling Stones uh, bonus episode for Gnostic Insect, that person, and I think someone else too. Um, But I've had these on my hard drive. I've got a, a couple of shows from 69, a couple of shows from 72, and a show from 75. I'm not playing the one from 75 because the sound is not that good. It's cool. It's got Sympathy for the Devil with Eric Clapton on it. Now everybody knows what date that is as a Stones fan. Um, but no. I'm just going to play I'm going to play a couple of Stones tunes. One from 72, Tumble and Dice because the drums in that when Charlie comes back into the song during the Keith and Charlie comes back in. 
It's so good. Way better than that fucking thing. God, that was pathetic. Um, So yeah, let's listen to that. When from 72? Let's see. From... June 3rd, 1972, which means I think it was Vancouver. Tumbling dice. Rest in peace, Charlie Watts.
See, that to me is not better than the studio recording on Exile. Whereas the Zeppelin stuff I like, 72, they to me, they were. But that's me. Charlie's awesome, though, and him coming back in. And, and, and the lockstep he keeps with Keith. Now, the, the, the general consensus and wisdom is that instead of the drummer leading the band, Keith leads the band. But I don't think that's true. They're indistinguishable rhythm-wise. They are in sync with each other. And I, I have to believe that that's Charlie. That's Charlie that is carving the track in which Keith can then groove. He's the bumpers on the rails that keeps Keith in the lane, I think. I don't know. Keith's brilliant. I wish I could play like him. His sense of rhythm is is, is nuts. Man. Um, I'm gutted. I'm really, really sad. I never even met the man. But it's something big. This is This is a big one. And I mean, there's more to come. Everybody's 80 now. In their 80s. Dylan's 80. Ringo's 80. I think McCartney's 80. If he's not 80, he's 79. Jimmy, 77. It's... It's sad. And of course, you know, what it also is, is a... You know, for whom is the bell tolling? You know, we're getting older too. And, uh... It's just incredible that these 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 icons I've never I've never known a world without the Rolling Stones. And I think I remember reading Keith started saying that to uh interviewers in the 90s, you know, cuz they were like, you know, 25, 26, 27, 30 interviewing and he's like you've never known a world without the Rolling Stones. What's that like? What's it like? Unfortunately, now we know. We'll have something to compare it to because now, without Charlie Watts, something vital, vital is missing from uh, from music. And it happens. I mean, it's 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 always somebody else's turn. You know, the wheel rolls on, but it's sad. All right, wool gathering. Charlie Watts. I want to play another one. This one is from 1969, and it is good old Midnight Rambler from the Yaya's tour. And it does it's not like, oh, the big Charlie song, but it's the Stones. It's a big Stone song, and it is fun and it is alive, and you better bet your ass Charlie is a good reason for it. Listen to him behind that driving it being the underpinning. The underpinning of that band midnight rambler when's it from you ask i don't know oh well, i will know in a second let me tell you it's professional it is from the rolling stones la acid project 44 which i think is a matrix it is a matrix it is from ah uh, i believe it's from november 8th 1969 Oh, yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, it's from November 8th, 1969. Enjoy it. Midnight Rambler. Back when it was... uh, Back... This is the first time 
that the Rolling Stones that you and I know and the Rolling Stones that just now kind of ended uh, appeared. Because before this point, they were satisfaction, get off my cloud, and then they got a little weird and psychedelic. And then they crossed from the psychedelic into the kind of naughty with Jumpin' Jack Flash and uh, Honky Tonk Woman. That's as they were striding into the arena as this Rolling Stones with Mick Taylor as a rock and roll band bringing in the 70s, hailing the end of the 60s, Midnight Rambler, a song about killing.
And the world moves on without Charlie Watts. And the Rolling Stones becomes become one click closer to past tense. Sad, Charlie. Um, this one got me. All right, well, I'm not going to waste any more of your time, dear listener, going through my own existential crisis. I am going to play for you Gimme Shelter from the Vancouver 72 show that you heard earlier. Sorry the quality isn't the best. Um, It's what I have. They're good, I guess. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing this out of a sense of obligation because uh Jesus Christ, Charlie Watts. I really need to dig into why this one gets to me so much. Huh. In any case, ladies and germs, here is Gimme Shelter from June something 1972. Do I have it in front of me? June 3rd, I guess. June 3rd. Or 4th. 4th. June 4th. (laughs) I remind myself of the the, uh, camp announcer in MASH. (laughs) Reveille is 0500. Repeat, 0600. This is June 4th, 1972. Seattle, Washington. Allegedly. So they tell me. Gimme shelter. Dark song. Good song.
And there you have it. This is an insult. Uh, you know, as any kind of memorial to Charlie, because I just threw this together on impulse with what I had. Because I'm just sitting here <laughs> tweeting and retweeting R.I.P. Charlie Watts because it just keeps hitting me. And I needed to do something, and this is what this is what I do. So maybe at some point I will put together something a little more fitting and professional. I doubt it, because I am neither fitting nor professional. But he was. And the world is profoundly worse off. with him gone so listen to Beast of Burden alright the studio version of Beast of Burden and pay attention there's genius in there first of all it's an amazing song and you need to remind yourself of it because you've heard it so many times it's like you need to every once in a while look at your spouse through fresh eyes when you see them through fresh eyes for a second they do something so out of character or shocking or grand or wonderful that you know the scales fall from your eyes and you see them as you should have all along or you haven't for a while and you're like oh my god they're beautiful listen to beast of burden and listen to the drumming and when the shift goes from the hi-hat to just keeping time with the hi-hat to a little shuffle. Mm. He was a genius. He was a fantastic drummer. And because of him, the Stones could, with an asterisk, call themselves the greatest rock and roll band in the world. And he will be deeply, deeply missed. Rest in peace, Mr. Watts. On the battery, Charlie Watts.